You are listening to the Cattle Call Podcast. This is the place where computer-aided design and drafting meets humor and practicality, with a touch of business acumen thrown in for fun. Jim and Rocco, the owners of Zentech Consultants, the premier U.S. technology consulting firm for architecture, engineering, construction, and manufacturing, discuss the fascinating world of CAD with some humor and some honesty. The Cattle Call Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Cattle Call Podcast with Jim and Rocco from Zentech Consultants. I am Jim, your resident technology dork, and with me, as always, is my partner, Rocco. Just Rocco. He doesn't do anything, so he doesn't get an additional title. He's just Rocco. Exactly. <laughs> and there you go. He's living the life over there. So what's so. the difference between a technology dork and a regular dork? Uh, you know, regular dorks deal with things like D&D and swords, right? And technology guys, we deal with computers and games and things like that. Now, I happen to be both. <laughs> I do both. I'm a dork on every possible level. So there's only so much you can do with me, I'm afraid. So you deal with swords? I love swords and fantasy. I, I'm a fantasy author. I write, I play Dungeons and Dragons. I do all of them dorky things, man. How do you not love that? You don't watch The Witcher and play the, the video game for like Elder Scrolls? Love that stuff. I'm just envisioning you with a sword, and that's just scary. I, I had one for years. I had a nice big, you know, katana that I used to have. Run around. I, I, I'm not a LARPer. I don't do that. So I thought about it. But in the end, my wife was like, dude, if you ever want to have sex, you're not doing that. I was like, all right, fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you got you to gotta limit, limit how much dorkness you get involved in if you want to have women in your life. I'm sorry. That's just the way it goes. So... <laughs> Ah, uh, goodness, goodness. That's not what we came here to talk about. No, that's that's funny, though. Um, so what did we want to talk about? Oh, I know what I'm talking about. I wanted to talk about uh, technical support for your staff today. Um, so, and, and before we do talk about technical support, I, I need to define what I mean by those actual words, right? When I say technical support, and, and, and I want to define it because it gets confused a lot of the time with software support. And those are not, and they never have been, the same thing. Um, you know, software support is what you get from your software developer in case something goes wrong, you know, with the software itself, right? You know, if, if you can't install the program or it's constantly crashing or, you know, it sets fire to your monitor, you know, little things like that. Those are software support issues. Um, technical support is an entirely different beast. And let me guarantee you this, folks, there is no software developer that provides technical support for their software, no matter what terminology their salespeople might use. Um, technical support is, is what you need when you're having issues with the process of a system. Uh, you know, in, in other words, right, when you need to know the how of doing something, right? So think of it like this, right? If your CAD system doesn't work, just not running, that's software support. Right? But if the, if the software works fine, but you just have no clue how do you even begin designing, you know, a 3D corridor model, that's technical support. Um, and technical support is what I want to focus on today, right? And it's, it's really, I think, the most vital thing that you can provide to your staff because it's what you need where the rubber meets the road, right? It's efficiency, time, money, and productivity. All those things die 
when your staff has nobody to turn to for technical support at the exact moment they need it, right? So think about this, right? How many times have you guys listened and seen your job, right? Whether it's a design project or a construction project, doesn't matter. How many times have you seen it delayed for days, even weeks, right? Because you're stuck trying to work out a tech process or figure out why the process is giving you obviously bad results, right? And it, look, this is something that all of us face, right? And, and getting you and your staff the, the t- that type of support to help alleviate those problems is what I want to focus on today. All right, so, you know, Rocco, in terms of, you know, software versus technical support, um, do you find that most people you talk with kind of understand the difference between the two? Or do a lot of people assume that they're kind of the same thing? Yeah, they just lump it all together. I mean, you buy the software, you think you're going to get people to help you. I mean, I think at some level, people understand that they're that they need training, and that's that's separate. But there's there's not a clear definition. Yeah, now I find that a lot too. Most everybody, you know, kind of like I said, that's why I say you know the, the sales folks sometimes kind of blur that intentionally, thinking you know, oh well, we'll be there, we'll help because they're salespeople. That's what they do. No, no assault, no, no insults meant, Rocco. Don't get upset. So, mm-hmm. uh huh. Yeah, he's gonna remember that for later. Um, so you see, that's why he came at me with the dork comments because I, he knew that I was gonna browbeat on the salespeople a little bit today. So, all right. So look, folks, there, you know, there are really kind of two sources, I guess, that that most of us can use for technical support. There are resellers and there are technical consultants. Um, you know, and and the first thing I want to stress here is that the you know technical support is almost never included as part of the software purchase. Uh, you know, like Rocco was saying, it's a common misconception that, you know, because you bought software from, you know, reseller A, right, that they're going to help you out on these technical problems when you run into them. Uh, and, and sometimes they will, right? But usually only if you've purchased enough software from them to make it worth their while. And look, you know, if, if you buy, you know, 500 seats of a project management system, Right, from from the salesperson, right? It's worth enough money to cover the cost, you know, to have one of their tech guys talk to you for an hour or two, right? But if, you know, like most of us, right, you, you kind of, you work for a small or a medium-sized business and you're, you know, you're buying a handful of seats from, you know, any given software, you're kind of out of luck with the resellers, right? I mean, look, you know, even if you do work for a large firm and you bought a, just a ton of software from the reseller, this, the tech support they're going to give you is going to be really limited because every minute that they are working with you, it's cutting into their profit margin, right? So they're likely giving you very quick and dirty answers just to, you know, so they can say, hey, yeah, we helped. And then they get you off the line as quickly as they can. Um, you know, the, this concept of, you know, free technical support from your reseller, you know, in, in reality, it's just not a feasible option to count on. Um, you know, the other venue for your technical support is from a technical consultant. Um, and, and these guys are specialists, right? With, with advanced knowledge of, you know, your software, your industry, or a specific design process that, you know, you're going to hire on an as-needed basis to help your staff when they run into trouble. Um, you know, and, and, and in my mind, right, tech consultants are always your best route uh, because they really are specialists, right? They, they know what they're doing, whereas... You know, the, the people working for resellers, right, even if you can get, you know, some tech support from them, those people tend to know the software really well, but they're not always the best people to go to for 
uh, you know, the practical application of that software, right? Um, the, the truth is, right, reseller margins uh, for sales, they're just too tight to really, uh, you know, for these companies to afford to hire people who have decades of experience. So they tend to bring on, you know, younger folks who have, you know, one or two years experience in design or construction, and then they spend a lot of time teaching them the software. And that's not a bad thing. Um, you know, but, but they're really not going to be all that much help if your staff's issue is design or industry, you know, process based. So, all right. So, so Rocco here at Zentech, right? We, we actually fall in both categories. We're both a reseller and a technical consultant. Um, where do we engage more with clients who are looking for technical help, right? I mean, are they calling us more as, as, you know, paid consultants or, or are they just kind of calling, hoping, you know, we'll help them out because they bought the software from us? I mean, it's a combination of the two, but from a services standpoint, it's 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 more as a as a paid technical consultant. I mean, they understand they need help. They they understand that we help people with workflow um, improvements and 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 the how to. Um, so that that's what that's what we see more. I mean, are are there people that that come to us from from the technical support standpoint again of the the misconception. Sure, there are, um, but that's not how we position ourselves. Yeah, we try real hard to, to make it clear to folks up front, you know, that, that, you know, our primary business is as technical consultants. So I think we're a little bit ahead of the curve on that and that people at least expect that from us because we're real straight about it up in the beginning. Um, so you know, I, I think in general that the word consultant, um, it scares people. Uh, you know, they, they hear consultant and they're envisioning, you know, dozens of, of guys in suits crawling all over their company and changing things at random and, and you know, costing them hundreds of thousands of dollars. Uh, and that is not the type of, of consulting we're talking about here, right? You know, technical consultants are specialists, right, with a detailed background in a, a given industry, right? And they, they focus on, you know, helping you, you know, set up standards and like Rocco said, optimize your workflows, right, and address issues and questions and problems at the exact moment that you need them to. Um, you know, and these, these folks are going to know your software inside and out. But more importantly, they understand the final output that you're trying to achieve, and they can help you avoid you know, common mistakes and oversights, right? They can come back to bite you later on in the job. And yeah, you absolutely have to pay for this type of consulting. Uh, you know, that, that specialized knowledge, this is what consultants are selling, right? It's how they... They eat. And if you guys have ever seen me, I'm a pudgy bastard and I eat a lot. So, we, you know, we, we have to charge. Uh, you know, the, the, the good thing, though, is that, you know, a consultant's help has a direct and immediate return on investment. Uh, you know, usually you're, you're engaging with them to help with a specific issue, right? That's either holding up your project or something that, you know, you see as a recurring delay on all your jobs, right? If this problem comes up every, every project we do. And, and either way, you know, resolving these problems instantly makes you money by getting your job or your jobs, you know, up and moving the way that you need them to. Um, in, in most cases, just the fact that that job is moving forward again, it usually pays you way more money than the consulting fee you're paying out for that guy. Right? It, it's an immediate increase in profits just by getting that technical consultant involved. Um, you know, I think the other part of this equation that you have to consider is timing. Uh, you know, resellers, right, because they're not actually being paid, usually, 
for technical support, they tend to be slow in responding, right? And, and they have other issues that take precedence for them, right? Whereas, you know, a paid consultant, right, he makes his money by providing you with, you know, immediate reliable service. You know, if, if, if he can't get you answers quickly and correctly, right, you're just not going to keep working with him. Um, and, and yeah, it's kind of, you know, it's, it's the free market at work, <laughs> you know, either you're, you're going to do a good job for your client here, or you're just going to be done. Uh, and, and the resellers, I think are far more interested in selling seats of software than they are in helping you. And, and the truth of the matter is you've already paid for the software, right? So, so they have no real incentive to help you solve whatever issue you're having. Uh, and I think that is particularly true. If you're caught in that, you know, software as a service, you know, monopoly of, you know, yearly subscriptions um, in that case, right, resellers and, and developers, the software developers in that model, they don't even have to pretend to care about your business or your problems because you have to just keep paying them year over year or they're just going to turn off your access to the software. Uh, yeah, isn't that just a lovely position to be caught in as, as you know, trying to work? Um, but I tell you what, right? Be- before I begin ranting about evil corporate monopolies and one more and, and frustrate Rocco, why don't we just take a break here? Let me take a breath so I don't get angry. Uh, and then you will know, take a you know, listen to today's sponsor. And when we get back, I want to get into the different ways that you can engage uh, technical support for your staff. All right. So stand by, folks. We'll be back in just a minute with more of the Cattle Call Podcast. Hello, everybody. This is Jim and Rocco with Zentech Consultants, and we wanted to talk to you today about Bluebeam Review, the premier quantity takeoff estimating and markup software for PDF out there on the market today. And at Zentech, we are a premier Bluebeam partner here in the U.S. We're here to help you guys with all your Bluebeam needs from software sales to training, consulting, configuration, and everything in between in all things Bluebeam, from the standard version to the extreme version and anything else you might need. So, in terms of Bluebeam, Rocco, how do people reach out to us if they want to start that conversation? Yeah, just hit up our website, give us a ring, or send us an email, or through osmosis, that works too. Osmosis is good. Yeah, zentechconsultants.net or sales at zentechconsultants.net or give us a ring, 866-824-4459. All right, Zentech Consultants, your home for all of your Bluebeam software needs. All right, everybody, welcome back to the podcast where we're talking about technical support today. And for the second half of today's show, I want to get into the different ways that you can engage with technical consultants and resellers. Uh, to get your people the help they need at the exact moment they need it. Um, And there are a couple of ways to do this, and some I like better than others, but they're all worth considering for your company. Uh, You know, look, I'll be fair and say, and I think you guys got this in the first half, that I prefer working with technical consultants myself. Uh, So for this conversation, I'm kind of going to relegate the reseller channel to the second chair here. Uh, You know, even if that annoys Rocco, who has worked in that reseller channel for decades now, because, you know, he's really, really old, folks. Don't tell him I said so. Um, but, you know, like, like I was saying earlier in the show, uh, you know, even when resellers are getting paid to help you, um, you're just you're never going to be their top priority. Uh, and, and their staff, I find, is usually less experienced than I am. Uh, you know, so I always worry about the level of support that they can offer me. So, you know, the, the first concept I want to address here is the idea of paying for technical support, uh, you know, through a consultant on an hourly basis. Right? And, and this 
model, I think, really tends to scare companies a lot. Uh, you know, they don't like the idea of being hit with unexpected charges out of the blue. Right? You know, their, their thought is that, you know, Joe Worker is, is going to call tech support and tell them to fix a problem, you know, not realizing that's going to take 100 hours to do. And, and, and now they're going to get a bill for, you know, several grand. And that's, you know, going to freak out the owner who didn't have that in his budget. Right. Um, and, and I certainly understand that concern, particularly as a business owner. Right. Not, nobody likes, you know, the, the, the quote unquote open checkbook model of consulting. Um, you know, you, you're looking to keep, you know, a firm control over what you're paying out or at the very least know that, you know, the person approving the work, uh, you know, in your company or, you know, contacting the consultant understands what the impact of that engagement is going to do to the business, right? Um, and, and kind of to help control that. What I've seen a lot of companies do is go the route of limiting who can call the consultant for help. Um, you know, they give the consultant a list of, of approved names and these are the only people who are authorized to work with you. Um, and, and I see the logic there, I do. But I, I also think it's a self-defeating process. Uh, you know, invariably, the people who can authorize the technical support are usually your best and busiest workers. And they get really quickly, they get tired of, of playing gatekeeper right, and spending all of their time dealing with other people's issues. Right? So they're usually the first people who are going to suggest just, just dropping the support. We don't need it just to get it off their back. Right. It which leaves you back where you started with nobody to help, um, you know, and, and then acting as gatekeepers. Right. You know, when you have that gatekeeper person, it also means that there is a longer delay in getting your end user help. Um, you know, the person who has a problem now has to, to contact that you know gatekeeper, the person you put in charge. They have to explain your email, email it to them, phone call it, wait for them to get out of a meeting and get back to them and approve it. Right. And then the contact support has to be called. And, you know, and then when you get the technical guy and you got to go through that explanation and showing them all again. Right. So you're kind of doubling the lead time there. Um, you know, and, and, and I think that the idea of getting immediate help for your people when they need it. Right. Just kind of gets lost in the bureaucracy there. Um, so, you know, Rocco, over your years, how have you seen companies respond to the idea of hourly contract options? Right. Both. As like a short term, I have one immediate problem and, and more of a like a long term support issue when we're going to need support unexpectedly down the road. Uh, I mean, it's it's at some level, it's a common sense response because, you know, naturally larger companies have bigger budgets and they're they're more open to that kind of structure, whereas smaller firms, they they, they try to squeeze whatever they can and limit what they spend and. You know, I, I guess in some ways, a lot of a lot of times, smaller firms expect more too. You know, so it, it's it, it's kind of a, a catch twenty two. Yeah. Okay. Um. I, so, the next option uh, that's available for tech support, really, it's 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 relatively new. Right. It's, it's come out over the last man, probably decade at max. Uh, it's called managed services. Right? And the managed service and option or the managed services option, excuse me, um, it, it comes with a lot of benefits. It does. Uh, but it is without a doubt, you know, the most expensive process over the long haul. Um, you know, the idea of a managed service contract 
uh, is that you're paying a recurring fee, whether it's monthly or annually, it depends on the, the, the consultant, uh, but you're paying them for the tech support that you need, right? Whether it's, you know, setting up standards or installing updates or working through project related issues, right? You're, you're paying that consultant to be on call for you when any problems or, or issues that arise. Um, and, and usually you're kind of engaging with them on, on a line item basis, right? Meaning that you buy each class of support separately. So, you know, if you want them to handle doing all of your software updates and then your patches, right, that's one fee, right? If you want CAD support, that's another fee. If you want, you know, uh, people to help you build templates and, and, and review your workflows, those are different fees, right? Each one is a different fee for different things that they will and won't support. Um, you know, and it's possible, it is, uh, that you can deal with, with these companies to get an all-inclusive contract, right? We'll do any CAD issue that you have. Uh, but honestly, you really are looking at some, some prohibitive uh, annual fees for that, <laughs> you know, like on the scale of like six figures, if you want totally unlimited technical support for all your people and all your, your work processes. Um, so you're thinking like, you know, six figures to do that. And, and really at that point, it's, it's probably worth it to kind of look at hiring your own full-time support people if you're that big and have that many issues. Um, you know, so managed services, I think, though, can be really, really beneficial, huge, huge benefit with this process when you are able to identify specific areas of your business that need ongoing support. Um, you know, look, if you don't have anybody in-house to handle things that happen on every job, they just have, you know, you have to, you know, every year we've got to update our software because we're on a, yeah, an SAAS model, right? Or, you know, we have to build 3D corridors or, or, or Revit models uh, and, and our people just can't handle that. They're not skilled enough, but we got to do it on every job, right? That kind of a managed service can be a huge benefit, right? You have the, the, the extensive support and, and, and workers that you need. Um, and I think that, you know, the only real drawback uh, that I see to the managed services is that you pay those fees, whether your people actually need that help or not. And there are no refunds, right? So you're paying them if, if you, they get 30 calls a month or zero calls a month, you're paying them the same fee. Um, so it is a very convenient method, but it can get to be a little bit pricey that way. Um, so, you know, Rocco, what, what's the, uh, the kind of the view of managed services that you see in the design build world, right? Do, do people even really understand that this is available to them for things like, you know, CAD and construction project management support and so on? Um, I think the larger firms, you know, again, buy into it more. They have the budget, they understand it, or they see a little bit more of the value, but a lot of firms question it, you know, do you really need, do you, do you really need it? You know, are you going to use it? How effective is it going to be? Uh, that's that's kind of the what what I generally see. Yeah, yeah, I, I, same thing, right? I see you know, going to the managed services. I see a lot of the bigger firms that that we deal with will will pull managed services contracts because you know even like you said, you know, maybe it's worth hiring somebody, but they also you know in the larger firms they look at yeah I, I can hire somebody to do this full time, but that means you know health insurance and you know. 401ks and, you know, paid time off and then, you know, all the additional benefits and like, yeah, I'll just pay the six figure salary to the consultant. And then when I need them, I need them and I don't have to pay any benefits. So uh, yeah, and that, that way you have it all under your, under your roof, you know, you're, you're controlling the situation versus, 
you know, waiting for somebody to get back to you. And, mm -hmm. and it's just, there's, there's a benefit to that as well, to having somebody under your own roof. Sure. Yeah. And you know that they're working on your processes and your processes only in developing things to the, you know, to the needs of your specific firm. So yeah, definitely. There's definitely an option to just, you know, hiring a, a good support guy as well. Um, so, you know, the last option uh, that I want to talk about here today for technical support is actually my preferred method when I have to get technical support. And, and we actually use it a lot here at Zentech. Um, and it's the concept of a, a prepaid support contract. Um, and I think that this, this offers a nice compromise between the hourly rate and the managed service options. Uh, I think it's a nice mid-road for, for most folk, folks to go with. Um, so the idea is that, you know, with a prepaid contract, technically you're still paying an hourly rate, right? But what you're doing is you're paying for a maximum amount of support time in advance, right? In, in other words, you know, you can pay for a 40-hour block of time upfront based on an hourly rate, whatever it is, just 40 times whatever the, the consultant's hourly rate is. And then you can just let your staff connect with that tech consultant whenever they want, whoever wants, whenever they want, because you know they can't run over the budget or incur unexpected fees. You've already paid all of it. The money's already done. You paid the consultant. It's all set. Um, and this way, you know, anybody in the company can just reach out, right? And then we can just jump on and do a screen share and a Teams call or whatever or a phone call or emails to get their problems fixed immediately, right? And, and you know, the consultant is just going to give you a summary of, you know, whatever hours they worked, who they worked with, you know, what they did, and then, you know, how many hours do you still have remaining on the contract, you know? Uh, and, and I think that, you know, the great thing here uh, is that you can usually get a, a discount on the hourly rate uh, based on how many hours you buy, right? The idea being there that the longer the contract, the lower the rate. Um, you know, one thing you will definitely want to be careful about here um, is to check the consultant's policy on contract expiration. Um, you know, some consultants set a limit on how long the contracted hours are valid. Uh, and I have seen a lot of folks who limit it to one year and any unused hours are lost at the end of the year, right? Meaning if, if you call them after, you know, one year and one day thinking, you know, I still have 10 hours of support time, you're out of luck. Uh, listen, and I am not a fan of that type of contract, though I do understand that the, you know, the consultants see it as a way to make some good money, free money. Uh, you know, basically, they're essentially betting that you're not going to use all of those support hours before your year is up, and that increases their profits. Um, I get it. I do. But honestly, I, I suggest avoiding engaging with contracts like that, or at the least, if, if that's the kind of person you're working with, buy much smaller hour blocks so that you know you're going to use them. Try, you know, don't run over. Um, so, you know, Rocco, we do a ton, like I said, of, of this type of work here at Zentech with what we call our tech blocks. Uh, and, I, you know, it's one of our fastest growing service offerings. So how do you find people responding when you first bring up, you know, the tech block idea for support? And, and what is our renewal rate like for that, right? Do most people keep renewing those tech blocks as they get used up? Yeah, folks definitely like the structure. I mean, we're not, you know, we, we, we try not to oversell. Um, and, and I think people understand that and they appreciate that. You know, I, I mean, we'd rather sell a, a smaller block and make sure that customers are satisfied with the time that they spend with us and buy more 
than to over overspend over buy and, and and have so many hours sitting there so they they definitely appreciate it we work with a lot of smaller um firms and you know again they have limited budgets and and so they they like that structure um and and the renewal rate it's 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 pretty high i mean it it all depends on what a customer needs and again we're not going to sell you on something you you're not going to need long term so mm-hmm. uh we definitely want repeat customers but we don't want you having you know 50 hours just sitting there on on account for when you might need it someday yeah so and, and look, you know, I, I think that's logical. I mean, I kind of like the way that we approach that. I think your point is real valid, right? You know, for us, the, it doesn't really make a difference, right? So if you just say, look, you know, instead of a 100-hour block, I just, I'm just i going to buy a 10-hour block. Okay, if you buy 10 10-hour blocks or 100-hour block, we're going to get the same amount of money. It doesn't matter to us. I think it's better and safer and a lot more comfortable for people to buy the shorter block, work through it, and and, and see the value, Right. Did this work for my company? Did my people get the help and the support that they wanted? And whether you do this with Zentech or somebody else, you, just, you need to look at it in that respect, right? Do the shorter block. Check with your people. Now, that was really good. That helped a lot. I, 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 I hope, you know, we can keep going with those guys. Then just renew another 10 and another 10 and another 10, right? Just just keep it rolling. I think that's that's probably best for everybody involved. It doesn't hurt the consultant in any way. And it certainly, I think, is best for the end client. Um, so look, folks, you know, at the end of the day, uh, whichever methodology here that you choose, um, you know, the, the key is to make sure that you're working with a technical consultant that you know and trust to be an expert in your field uh, and with the software and the processes that you need. Uh, you know, and, and, and you need to engage with someone you know can provide that help. And, and it's not always easy to find you know, those people. You know, unless you're talking to Rocco and I here at Zentech, then of course, you know, no brainer, right? We, we know everything. Um, you know, but, you know, one thing that I always suggest is, you know, when you're looking at a, at a potential consultant to engage them to run a formal staff training, at least one for you before you hire them on a, on a regular basis. Right. So I, I think training will give you a great sense of, you know, what their their breadth of knowledge is. Right. What's their personality like and what's their real understanding of your industry? in front of, you know, people who are having problems. Uh, Look, I'll say that almost every single long-term client that we have here at Zentech, they started out with us as a student in one of our classes. Uh, You know, we do regular eight-hour, you know, online public classes on on all the different types of technologies and industries that we support here. And I think that, you know, our clients get really comfortable with our staff and, you know, who we are and what we can and what we can't do because we try to be honest about that. Um, you know, and, and I really do think, right, when you look into this kind of a setup, training should always be your first engagement point. Because your know, worst case scenario, right, um, if, you, if you hire them to train and, and that consultant kind of sucks at training and you didn't get a lot out of it, at least you got something, right? At least your staff probably learned one or two things and you got some value out of, you know, hiring that consultant for a class or two, Right. So before you engage them long term in, in, in an actual you know consulting contract. So, all right. So that's my thought, my recommendations for you guys. So with that said, we will let everybody get back to your busy schedule. Say goodbye to the good people, Rocco. Goodbye, good people. And we'll catch you next time on the Cattle Podcast. All right, everybody. Today's Cattle Call was brought to you courtesy of Zentech Consultants. That's Rocco and I. 
Uh, and Santec Consultants works with design and manufacturing firms to help our clients purchase and implement the software that they need in these complex industries. Uh, we provide a single point of contact for clients to buy, develop, and learn the most vital software systems for your specific needs. Uh, Zentech strives to be your trusted technology partner from your initial needs all the way through long-term support and training for your entire staff. So Rocco, why don't you tell them how to reach out to Zentech? All right, yeah, you can reach out to us through zentechconsultants.net. You can email us at sales at zentechconsultants.net or you can even call us 866-824-4459. Excellent, we look forward to hearing from you all.